Welcome to Tuta Tanagra, the podcast series where two regular guys from opposite sides of the pond seek to explore the Star Trek universe one episode at a time. Hello, I'm Michael, aka the Trek Lad, and joining me as ever is the brilliant, wonderful, legendary Commodore himself, Dan Decker. How you doing, Dan? Hey, Michael. We are back together again on our trip to Tanagra. Um, but something occurred to me along the way, um, came to a realization that uh, you and me, you and me, we ain't no Admiral Sun, no, but you and me, you and me, we watched Fortunate Sun, oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I dig it. <laughs> I, dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it once again. Uh, but but I dig it more than I would usually do because uh, there seems to be an audio upgrade from your side of the pond, Dan. You want to talk about it? There is an audio upgrade uh, on this end of the wire uh, or wireless, as the case may be. Um, I have now gotten a blue microphone's Yeti. So uh, hopefully you'll hear the dulcet, sultry tones of the <laughs> Commodore Dan Decker. <laughs> I think it automatically dropped my octave about a half when I talk on this mic. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I just want to say that you know any 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 listeners who are who are getting a little bit hot under the collar uh, after listening to that. I mean, you're not the only ones. Uh, that <laughs> well, did stay it to tuned me for well. more Sleepy Trek. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Uh, I really need to make more of those. And, and Dan, yeah, I love the fact that you've got Yeti. You can help me out. But we're not on Sleepy Treks. We are. We're, this is two to Tanagra, and we're uh, if on you're our way listening, to Tanagra. absolutely, we're on our way to Tanagra. If you are listening to this, welcome. You might be in for a treat. Now, just a reminder: if this is your first time on this show, uh, this was all Dan's uh, fault. This is all Dan's fault. Um, absolutely, Dan, my, my fault. <laughs> Dan, Dan came up to me and he said, "Michael, let's record. Uh, let's make a podcast where we journey through the entire Star Trek universe from the first episode to the to the most recent one." And uh, and I must have been drunk because I was like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a cool idea." But to be to be completely honest, you know, I I blame Dan each and every episode, and I will continue to do that. You know, we're on episode nine now, and we'll do mm-hmm. that until we get to episode nine hundred for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love it, Dan. You're the top man, and <laughs> uh, I love the fact that we're on this journey together. So, uh, welcome to Tuta Tanagra. Uh, yeah, as I said, we are episode nine in. So, if you can work out, well, I mean, just to clarify, that we are starting at the canonical beginning of Star Trek. So, most people would go, oh, they're starting in the beginning. They're starting in 1966. No, we're starting with Enterprise, the the uh, the greatest Star Trek series of all time. <laughs> did you did well, you hear that dan that's the sound I of did. loads of people just rage quitting uh, collectively. this podcast yeah boom that's it <laughs> there goes all the listeners we lost followers it's it's downhill from here episode nine unless well if you didn't catch dan's wonderful reference we are watching fortunate son uh, the the episode that features a lot of space boomers and uh dialoguing Absolutely. Threatens to reveal a little bit more about everybody's favourite, uh, everybody's other favourite forever ensign, Ensign Travis Mayweather. Uh, Dan, let's, um, let's, let's, let's quickly get into this before we start talking about, you know, what we, what we dug and what we didn't enjoy so much with the episode. Dan, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on Enterprise's fortunate son? 
Oh, Michael, overall, it was, it, it's, it's definitely uh, what I kind of call um, a sawdust episode. It's filler, you know, uh, they, we don't gain anything new from watching this episode. It's skippable. Mm. Um, and that's unfortunate, <laughs> pardon the unfortunate pun, uh, because uh, I think there was opportunity. We learned very little about Travis other than what we didn't already know. As far as like boomer life is hard, you know, um, and freighter boomer life is hard. And, you know, we grow up on these ships and they take forever to get where we're going. And we really didn't gain any other insight uh, into that life um, on this, you know, spent an entire episode on this ship. Yeah, it, it seems like the thing the, the thing that I've I mean, we're only nine episodes in, but it, it does seem to me that we haven't really had an outright terrible episode of enterprise yet i would even say that terra nova wasn't a terrible enterprise episode or a terrible episode you know uh period i would just say that the episodes that have been lesser have let me down and have disappointed me because of what we could have had now i know that last week i went on this giant rant about how civilization could have been better ridden and i have similar thoughts here again that this might become a recurring segment where i attempt to rewrite these episodes i don't know yet but but the thing is is i can see i mean this is so i've watched this episode three times in the space of seven days and i i, mm-hmm. I can tell you dan i i am absolutely sick <laughs> of fortunate <laughs> son now i am done with this uh done with this show for a long time um but i i will say that the most recent time i watched it the third time i did gain I, there were some things that I picked up that I didn't pick up when I was watching it with you, and there was some things that I didn't pick up when I was watching it on my own the first time round. Um, there's right. there's definitely some promise here. Uh, some things that we can get into for sure. Um, I do really, really quickly want to point out, because what we are attempting to do here is not go through the episode you know, beat by beat, because there are other better podcasts out there that do this. Uh, we're also not really going to dazzle you with any uh, insider knowledge, because we're not insiders in the Star Trek franchise, unfortunately, not yet anyway. Uh, and it's uh, it's really all we're going to do is uh, talk about what we dug, what we uh, what we didn't enjoy so much, and uh, maybe try and improve the episode. So the first thing that I do want to get out of the way, Dan, and I'm sure you might agree with this, is the first shot that we do get is them tossing a football um, between them, you know, the, the freighter captain and his first officer. And the only thing that was running through my head, uh, whether this be the first, episode, first time I watched it, the second time with you, or the first time today is zero g football just seems totally totally pointless yeah you know you're gonna get i mean it, it, it you might get an end over end tumble that's really gonna not look so good uh but they make it look like you know it's not even as much fun as maybe tossing in the backyard um yeah <laughs> you know every every pass is a hell mary uh but you know that, there's a lot more fun things i think you could do in low g you know uh, then toss a football. <laughs> I mean, he even did. He even said, actually, I, I said he'll, he'll threaten to turn the, the gravity to, you know, to, Earth to, to normal. I, I, I think he did say that, that they had yeah. the ability to manipulate the gravity settings. Now, if that's the case, why don't you just set the gravity settings so it's actually a challenge? Or do you enjoy just getting a perfect spiral every time you throw the ball? Right. So, yeah, you know, when it becomes your normal, where's the exceptional? Right. 
know, if you always toss the football at low G, where's the, where's the challenge? (laughs) And, and what do you have to contrast? Do they even still play football on earth? Who knows? Right. We don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, we know that they play water polo. Uh, I don't. I don't think we've had That's any true. water polo references yet. But we know that they Not play water polo. Bit, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, but but to me, it just seems like they're playing Madden on like beginner. You know, it's like yeah. where where yeah. is the challenge? Where is the challenge? Yeah. Um, yeah that, that's my biggest takeaway from the episode. You have listened to Tutanagra. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um, well, you know, Michael, as we always, we do we do try to avoid the recap syndrome. Uh, mm. We usually fall into that. It's just kind of the nature of how you have to, you know, tell out the story. Uh, but again, I, I don't believe the listeners are here uh, for anything other than that A plus D grade content that we have become... <laughs> So, listeners, please, please believe me. Listen to me now and believe me later when I tell you that we did we did an experiment the other day and we're just going to reserve that one for the archives, most likely. Um, needless to say, Michael and I had an absolute fucking blast uh, with it. But that's that's one for the vaults. You know, um, you know how Disney doesn't release Song of the South. We're just going to hold on to this one. <laughs> uh, as wasn't not quite that as, bad but yeah it wasn't it wasn't as bad we we're, we're not brutal racists um uh, right. we, we we just what we what we attempted to do is we watched the episode together as we did with the andorian incident which actually is one of our earlier podcasts uh and if you've listened to that and you're listening to this then you you could probably tell that that was just a complete mess and we spent 42 minutes talking about uh warp cores and cheese and stuff Beautiful. like that and and that was kind of what happened when you know the, the thing is is when dan and i to get together and we watch a star trek episode we kind of forget that we have podcast commitments and um yeah we we kind of just we kind of we end talk. up hanging out yeah 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 so that's why but, we're uh, I mean, here today we've got our notes today we did our homework as michael <laughs> said i think we both watched this three times that's the level of commitment that we have to you listeners to produce this level of content uh, this quality level of content um is to commit to an episode like fortunate son three times just for you we're reaching we're reaching we're doing our our very best here um but there there are some things i mean you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna go through some of these notes i mean the notes are in chronological order but there's some there's some there's some bits that i do want to talk to you about because i've got some interesting um i don't know the theories but just interesting thoughts on this episode that watching it third time round did slightly enhance my enjoyment my personal enjoyment Mm -hmm. i still would agree with you dan that it's uh it's very much that sawdust episode it's it's an episode the in the grand scheme of things you can completely just go past and it has mm-hmm. no bearings on anything and and that is that's disappointing because they could have really done a lot with mayweather's character here we'll get to that um but i mean what i will say is this does give us some good insight into some things that are going on in starfleet so they're laying the uh, communications boys uh, mm-hmm. which is obviously the, the well, i think they call them the long-range um communicator amplifiers uh, and i think that that gets referenced again in a couple of episodes time um so so you know it's, it's again it's a good prequel aspect because you know in, in tng era star trek uh you know there is no such thing as problem communications and having i mean i'm sure there are subspace issues as as we 
we do see, uh, you know, in future episodes and future series. But this is very much like, oh, this is the furthest we've ever gone as a species, uh, with the exception of freighter captains and freighter crews. Uh, we should lay some, we should lay some amplifiers, which I, which I quite like. And uh, it's as right. as Archer speaking with um, with um, Admiral Forrest. And that that kind of the the transmission is a little unstable, and I like that. It's a little small detail um, that that grounds it in this kind of prequel territory, and I, I kind of dig that. Right, and I I uh, appreciated that little exchange because you know uh, Forrest chimes in trying to make small talk, and Archer's like, "Bro, it's four in the morning. What's up?" <laughs> you know? And uh, you know, and, and but but to your point, yes that uh background you know hey and there's a, even a callback to two episodes ago breaking the ice where they're like hey the images from the comet were super sweet bro keep sending stuff back um, yeah and yeah. they you know but but yeah that nx uh you know enterprise would be laying the you know essentially the early uh uh cell towers uh for subspace uh communication so that you know we can stay in near real time talk uh with the base back home and that's pretty cool that like you said that's a nice little detail uh that and the fact that um you know everything's not perfect when it comes to the communication we do have so pretty cool yeah, I think it all just ties into the central premise, which, which you know, again, after watching it a few times, I did begin to find it fairly interesting because, again, it's, it's again, it's another prequel aspect, and and this really is something that they've succeeded so far in communicating is that this is the Wild West in space, um, and that is kind of a, a throwback to the vibes that we got from the original series, you know, back in the 60s, the final frontier, it was essentially Western in space. And, you know, I definitely got some Wild West vibes here. You know, the freighter is out alone, away from civilization, away from rules. And, you know, what what do you have to do to survive? Now, you know, the first shot that we get in this episode, you have the captain and the first officer on this freighter. They're being attacked by Norsicans, pirate Norsicans, and you know what you know do it's, it's they're essentially being bullied so you have the wild west vibes of the show the, of this episode but you also have this bully versus victim who is no longer willing to take shit anymore and it's um right. that, we'll talk yeah we'll talk about that a little bit more i'm sure going forward but very very interesting premise uh and and i feel like the strength of this episode is that conflict and how Archer and the Enterprise crew get involved because there's this wonderful scene later on in the episode where Archer and Mayweather sit down and they're, you know, Mayweather's basically saying, look, you know, what if Ryan and his crew are, are right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. maybe they should go after the Norsecans and, and get a little bit of revenge. And Archer, you know, says, you know, well, what's he going to do if he if he finds them? Oh, he's probably going to blow them out of the sky. Well, mm-hmm. doesn't seem like something that's going to sit well with me. And it's, you know, it. I do feel like Mayweather just kind of bends to what Archer's saying and there was potential, you know, f- for a disconnect because Mayweather is, you know, he's grown up with this behaviour, with these attitudes. And, and that's probably the biggest missed opportunity of Mayweather's character is they could have had this really edgy, 
helmsman who has been used to just growing up on a ship that can't exceed 1.8 or whatever it is. And uh, he could have been rough around the edges, but the Mayweather that we got is this super polished, almost not even human, like a Ken doll, like with very little personality, really. And he just does what everybody tells him to do, and there's never really that edginess. And I feel like if if they hadn't have established if they hadn't established it at this point they could have really sown the seeds for him being a little bit um disillusioned with starfleet because it felt like starfleet weren't protecting the freighters enough so so there could have been this bigger drama uh that that could have been sown here but they didn't they didn't go with that as we know and uh you know archer definitely kind of goes yeah <laughs> humanist approach here and uh, Archer's not wrong Archer's definitely not wrong I think uh, you know you have to kind of you have to do a bit of a balancing act and it's almost like Enterprise and Archer was like the teacher caught in the middle of this playground scuffle Um, but I I definitely found that aspect very very interesting yeah and what I want to draw back to the very beginning of your point here um, these folks are referred to as boomers, uh, you know, space boomers. Um, and the, the reason being, you know, they, they have long trips, um, and, you know, essentially, you know, booming at the top warp speed. Uh, but to your point of that ruggedness, that wild Western, uh, vibe that the boomer has, um, I don't know if you know the reference, uh, but, um, there's a, I, I don't want to name the wrong school and offend anyone. Just please forgive me for not being a, uh, a college football sports fan, even though I'm 100% <laughs> American. Um, but there's a, uni- a Oklahoma university, uh, that, um, they're, they're, uh, mascot is the Sooners. Well, it comes from um, a land grab opportunity uh, at one point in the past where um, the, you know, the rule was at, you know, dawn, let's say, uh, you all run out, stake a piece of land, boom, it's yours, right? Well, uh, they, the Sooners went too soon. They went like, you know, six hours early or whatever you, you want to say. And, and so uh, the, the rally cry for that school is boomer Sooner. Right. And so it it really does kind of tie to that, uh, you know, that that frontiersman take what you have to get what you can um, a spirit from from, you know, the frontier of American exploration in the West. Uh, so it's a very good point that you made there. And yes, there I, I've. I give Travis some leeway on his flexibility uh, only because he already stated more than a few times in this episode his loyalty to Starfleet and being comfortable with the decision he made to leave the freighter boomer life and take up the Starfleet mantle. So he's he's holding true to that statement, but he did mm. question Archer. He, he could have questioned him more. Um, yeah. he didn't, he didn't press the issue once Archer was like, Hmm, sounds like a, you know, mean thing to do, huh? Just, you know, up and let somebody die. That's not really nice. And Travis is like, yeah, no, that is kind of mean. You're right. Let's go save them. And he didn't, <laughs> you know, he didn't really be like, but no, you don't understand what it's like to deal with pirates, bro. You know, he didn't get on yeah. him about it. Um, because and, and it would I- be super frustrating, you know? Yeah. And I do feel like what they could have done is they could have, they could have had this. I mean, because the, I'm assuming there's like a freighter community, uh, you know, because because the way the way I see the freighters portrayed in in this show as is it's almost like they're like the truckers of space. Exactly you know, right. Rough, Long road rugged, truckers. Yeah. 
Yeah, long road truckers, but the only difference is is there's lots of them and they also have their families on board as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's almost like a, a traveling family of long range truckers, like the ultimate long range truckers. And um, they would be a little rough around the edges, uh, you know, not attempting to stereotype here, but I guess you would profile a little bit that they would sure. be the kind of people that probably wouldn't get on very well in Starfleet going back to my point of Mayweather potentially you know the, the potential of Mayweather just being this rougher kind of character um, and um, yeah it just it just kind of seemed like you know I, I did like the conversation that Mayweather had with Ryan uh, when they were in the in the in the mess um, I will say this quickly that Ryan says that that's the first time he's eaten a steak in 18 months uh, but he talks during the entire thing uh, and he also gets up and he leaves without finishing his uh, meal uh, after so mad well the thing is is Mayweather says the the chef is the best chef in Starfleet and Point the captain one. had to pull a lot of strings to get him mm-hmm. why does no one finish their meals then Mm-hmm. Oh, and let's let's. Okay, so that's point one. You're being wasteful <laughs> on a limited resource ship, and and if you have fresh food that you don't finish, it's going to be reconstituted. Let's be honest. Along with your poop, we covered this in a previous episode, and Travis makes a point of saying, "No, man, that's the real deal. That's a real steak," and he leaves most of it on the plate. Doesn't finish ma- it. It's. It's criminal, bro. Criminal. You'd, and you'd that, think he'd be note. <sighs> you'd think he'd be really tired at this point of eating nothing but uh, what would they call them? Magic, magic meals. Yeah, yeah. No, they they mystery meals. They were not mystery meals. In, that's yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like MREs from the military. If you've ever eaten a meal ready to eat from someone from the service, dude, I actually prefer them. They're pretty delicious. Uh, but it doesn't sound like Travis or uh, uh, his actual first name is Matthew. By the way, is Matthew Ryan is the yeah, uh, second officer it. of the Fortuner. But um, they always refer to him as Ryan. And when I guess when you have two first names, uh, that's just your life, bro. Get comfy. Uh, but um, yeah, that no, that really irritated me. I'm I'm all about not wasting food in the first place. But, you know, when you're when you're how many you're like 78 light years from home with a limited fridge. And, you know, Travis was like, yo, yo, chef, let's treat this guy up. And and they did. Um, You know, thanks. uh, Thank you, Chef Jonathan Frakes, uh, for cooking up a meal that, you know, he just turned it down. And and if I'd gotten mad in that conversation or frustrated in that conversation, you know what I've done? I would have turned my back to Travis and ate my plate all by myself uh, or taken it with me. (laughs) Screw that. You know, it's going back to the fortunate (laughs) with me. Um, And, and, you know, I mean, you're not 18 months, man. You know, if I hadn't had a steak in 18 months, I'm. I'm probably not talking while I'm eating it, to be honest, but you know, yes. that's a different point. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, no, that, that's the point. It's the point, right? That's his first steak in 18 months, and he literally talks during every mouthful of it. I appreciate that this is a TV show. We do realize, guys, this is a TV show. However, you know, I we, we, we came out of lockdown uh, six weeks ago. I got my first McDonald's, in, and I appreciate that it's, there's a big difference between a McDonald's and a steak. I do realise that, but I'm attempting to make a point here. My first McDonald's in 10 to 12 weeks, um, I inhaled it. And I wasn't talking to anybody during that experience. So uh, and let's imagine be honest, what happened. Michael. Yeah. You cried a little. 
that cried out of multiple orifices. Um, there yeah. was it wasn't it wasn't just you know, it's not just you know, this is a McDonald's after uh, twelve weeks. Imagine yeah. how you would react yeah. to a steak after eighteen months. I'd be like Mayweather, don't fucking talk to me. I am Shut gonna eat mouth. this steak. And all Mayweather yeah. wants to do because Mayweather's brainwashed at this point. He's completely forgotten about his life as a boomer, which is weird because he seems to talk about it all the bloody time. It's the only thing he ever <laughs> talks about, right? Is, is he's basically starting to almost kind of like sales pitch him this this life in Starfleet. You know, and going back to what I was originally saying is, you know, the, the, the kind of drawbacks of the Mayweather character is Mayweather could have experienced something, some sort of loss, because you know, Ryan or Matthew Ryan says it, the, you know, this is a dangerous profession. Uh, you know, you you have to be kind of prepared to lose stuff and lose people that you love. Uh, it's it's made apparent that Ryan lost uh, loved ones in another freighter incident as well. That Mayweather is all too you know knowledgeable of. So he knows that you know it's a dangerous profession. But he's just kind of sat there going, "Yeah, come come join Starfleet." And oh yeah, I'm sat in this mess hall eating steak, and I do it every week, and you know all that kind of stuff. And um, it seems insensitive, one. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, I mean, it seems insensitive for that character to do it. But it's just like, you you grew up on freighters. It seems really strange that you're so straight-laced, I, I guess, right, is, is what right. I'm attempting to say in a really long way. Um, he took to Starfleet know, really well. He was brainwashed. Yeah. yeah. Let's be Let honest, was... folks. <laughs> and that's why he never fought for a promotion. Jeez, Michael, you just put it all together. Folks, <laughs> let's go back to the point Michael tried to make earlier that we don't offer insight. I, I offer this as counterpoint. Uh, that Ooh. is that is that there's your a plus that's the a plus in our d grade quality content uh is that insight for you right there uh, is that you know michael exposed um travis's level of brainwashing to the point that um you know it was uh he didn't even fight for his own rights there you go folks there we go just just hopelessly brainwashed for the rest of the time um but i mean i the the lack of finishing meals is is a low point in in this show for me i um i was always raised to never leave the table without finishing my milks why i'm the size i am now um and uh, and yeah the, the the fact that the crew just get up after eating three mouthfuls every single scene um is definitely a, a bone for contention so far but let's go back to what we're what we're talking about. You know, the central premise. It's Norsicans versus the freighter. Ryan is protecting his crew. Um, I will say this: we don't really see much of a crew. We meet two people uh-huh. and the and two kids that, that three, are in it for a children. second. Three three children. Um, right. You know, this is this is I guess down to the constraints of telling. Um, you know, episodic television, or just telling television stories, is you right. don't have a lot of time to introduce too many characters. You want to keep things fairly kind of threadbare, but at the same time, you know, you do want to understand a little bit more. You want to put faces on this struggle, right? Or do you? Right. Or do you not want to do that? Because you, I mean, if I'm wanting to tell a story about a uh, an under fire freighter that is absolutely sick and tired of being. Um, you know, under attack and being raided all the time. You know, I'd introduce a few more people. You'd you'd kind of get a little bit more sympathy in there because you can still condone. You can still um, uh, you can still be. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, 
you can still you know believe that what Ryan is doing is is incorrect and you know it, it goes against values and things like that because at the end of the day um he's driven by revenge he's a flawed character he wants to go after the Norsicans he's just he's driven by ego and revenge that's basically what he wants to do um he will say that he's attempting to do it to ensure the long term uh, safety of his crew, but I don't see how taking a freighter that is going to be woefully outgunned when going up against Norsican ships, just one Norsican ship, you know, how, how that's a good move. And we do see the some of the freighter crew, well, the one other person that we meet, it's kind of like, is this the right thing to do, mate? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it is, for, for reasons. And then that guy's like, yeah. <laughs> and then, that's exactly and then, it yeah but um yeah, what i, I want to go back to you you know the number of crewmen um they're not many there's there's the captain who gets fridged right out the gate uh there's uh matthew <laughs> ryan takes over his first mate um we got you know rando dude who is in the hallway he's rude to, uh, to paul um and uh he's there when the kiddos are playing hide and seek the two little boys and the one girl uh, a diverse little group uh where to paul uh uses her words wisely and actually you know she says i have no idea who the human name nadine is um and isn't that the second time we've used nadine as a character name wasn't that the name of the person on terra nova too uh wasn't her name nadine um, oh, <laughs> uh, the, the the mother Don't. the mother girl yeah okay we're not talking Terra Nova but shale um, <clears throat> shale human shale, shale it's absolute human shale uh, but there there's that guy and then we see I think one other person um, when they when they get jumped in the cargo hold uh, and there may be one or two other people when they're arming up to go fight the Nausicans, uh that mm. boarded. Uh, but yeah, it's it's mostly those two guys, and you're absolutely right. Uh, where Ryan was like, um, "No, we're going to do it this way because reasons," and that guy was like, "Yeah, reasons are good," <laughs> and they really weren't good reasons. Nor, like you said, they're completely outgunned. It's a terrible plan. There's there's really no way it's going to come out in their favor, um, and. It, it, it's just frustrating to see, you know, that level of ineptitude uh, that, well, you know, it's ineptitude through ego, uh, like you said. Uh, and he wants to, you know, he wants the captain to wake up and see that everything was fine because I beat the bad guy that hurt you, you know. And yeah. you can imagine that being, you know, if you're raised on one of these ships, uh, it's not stated or, or ever implied so, but that's obviously going to be a father figure uh, for Ryan. Um, and he's going to take, you know, significant offense for him having been uh injured uh and near killed so um you know as a son you can understand that um uh that that drive for revenge uh but you also as a leader have to prove yourself able to overcome it um you know uh it's just uh it's just that's what being a leader is about yeah i mean you can uh, trying to see it from from both sides i mean I like the analogy here of, you know, I, I said it earlier, it's like um, it's like a school kid that is being bullied, harassed and bullied a lot by someone that's maybe a couple of classes, a couple of years above, and that kid is so fed up of being bullied, you know, he takes a, I don't know, he takes a baseball bat to school or something to, to go and attack this kid. 
that's been bullying him and it's kind of like the baseball bat is the freighter the you know and you still need the kind of strength to be able to to wield that baseball bat you know and this kid's going after this bully and perhaps he's not that strong you know and he's going to attempt to strike this kid with with no skill on how to wield a baseball bat or anything not that i'm condoning hitting people with baseball bats by the way um but it's just like you know it's 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 this kid he's tired of being bullied he's going to try and do something about it and that's not but taking a baseball bat to this kid isn't going to solve the problem if anything it's probably going to piss off the bully even more and archer is like the teacher that's basically seeing this whole thing that's coming that's going on and he's like uh should probably stop you there probably right don't don't attempt to do what you are about to do and um I just, you know, it, it's an interesting premise. You can see where Ryan's coming from. Uh, you would maybe even consider doing the same thing depending on who you are. But it, you, you made a really good point. Uh, it's, it's leadership and sometimes, you know, being a good leader is knowing when not to fight rather than when to fight. You know, he's got children to look after on his ship is is engaging a whole base of Norsican ships really what's in the best interest of the whole crew. Exactly. That's the that's the point that uh, you know. That's an overall great takeaway from this. If you know, if we want to find some some healthy points to 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 draw a lot to, um, leadership is about knowing when to say no, knowing when to uh, protect. Um, you know, because uh, at one point the Nausicans were willing to be like, "Hey, give us give us our guy back, and we will not bother you until we do next time." Um, but, uh, and that's, you know, you can get that. You'd be like, Oh yeah, we know it's coming again. But too, man, there was an overplay of the reluctance to upgrade. So let, you know, think about that for a minute. If your bread and butter, your livelihood in this, uh, not quite yet utopian existence that, that star, uh, fleet and the UFP will become, uh, you know, uh, at least around earth and the, and the, and the core worlds, um, you ought to be, you know, if you're still kind of even mildly driven by some sort of capitalism, you would upgrade your ship. You would get the faster engines. You would get the, um, you know, shine runners back in the day where, you know, NASCAR came from um, moonshine runners. Uh, but when during Prohibition uh, and they would soup up their stock cars to run faster and better than the cop cars uh, of the time, uh, the revenuers would be coming after them, you know. Uh, and so that's the whole point of, you know, when you're out there and you're against uh odds that you know having an advantage on you you will take every edge you can get plus um you know they're trying to make a buck presumably or be productive in some other way where they are rewarded for that productivity um not upgrading their weapon systems not upgrading their engines you know just it's like you know hey we have a steam train and you're like no nah, i'm good on my conestoga wagon i'm on the origin trail i'll just go ahead and die from the dysentery it's fine and that's dumb but, you know, again, you know, on some level else, a failure. And, but that captain, when he comes to at the end, he does say, yeah, you know, I, I get it. I'm going to have to adapt or die. Basically, he understands that, you know, it may not be something I want to do right now. It is something I'm going to have to do uh, or I'm not going, you know, we're, this life is ending one way or the other. And I can go with where it's going or I can end with it, essentially. 
Well, it's one of the things that we've seen throughout human existence, and we're seeing it in this prequel show, you know, that's in our future, is there's always this resistance to change. There's always this kind of uh, almost disdain for new things. And uh, one of the interesting things that I picked up from not only Matthew Ryan, but also the other crew member that we saw as well, was that there's this kind of disdain for starfleet and for enterprise and the things that the nx enterprise represents progress the ability to go faster the ability to you know to cut the time between planets um you know dramatically down and they see that as a threat you know he says it himself you know one 1.8 is is fine for me you know uh why would i want to um, you know, cut my cut my journey down because I enjoy the journey, and it's it's very much like a resistance to change. You know, if I could drive, you know, if I could fly uh, to where you are in Arkansas in you know like I don't know thirty minutes, I would do it. I wouldn't get all pissy because you know it's it's taking me a fraction of the time, and it's the resistance to change, and I find it very interesting. And there's these kind of there's these references to ooh Starfleet, oh yeah, all the best yeah, people ooh. go to Starfleet now. Of course, all the best people are going to go to Starfleet because you know you've got chef that cooks steaks made out of people's poop, and uh, you know they're <laughs> able to go they're able to go to Rigel Ten and and Rysel all the time. You know who's going to want to turn that down? Um, but the thing is, is is the Freighters, you know, and as the captain says at the end of the episode, as you mentioned, they're going to need to upgrade. They're going to need to change. Mm -hmm. They're going to need to adapt. Um, and especially given the fact that they're coming under attack from Norsicans, and I'm assuming they're probably more. I mean, if, if you're if they continue on that journey, they're probably going to come up against the Orion Crime Syndicate. They're going to need to arm up. They're going to need to evolve, you know. And uh, you know, disdain for something isn't going to solve it. It's just going to highlight how you know resistant and potentially you know regressive you're going to be. Right. Well, and two, you know, we've seen further down the timeline in um, the even in the you know original series era and the next generation era, there are still freighters. The life doesn't go away. It just you you the you know the short sightedness is the fact that while the speed increases, you gain more distance, and you can have some simulants of that long-term travel because you know the you the, the the federation is going to be nascent and small for a long time and mm. the freighters can be a part of that um expansion you know well you know okay well yeah we can go faster which means we can go farther and now if i want to go for on a 1.8 year trip or a three-year trip i can go to a completely insanely different place right maybe to a place like tanagra um you know uh, <laughs> but um but one thing I'd like to, to you know, we're going to call back. Um, and yes, listeners, I am a listener. I do listen to my own podcasts uh, because I want to make sure that that quality is there. Uh, but, Michael, you, you mentioned a couple episodes back uh, that, you you know, you want you there's those unknown actors. You, we talked about stand ins um, and how they have no names or uh, so, you know. I didn't look it up. I don't know if you have the memory alpha article up at the moment. Uh, but, but what is that other crewman? Who is his, he's, he has a name he's in there enough that, you know, he, I don't even know if they said his character name in the uh, show, but surely he's more than just, you know, able crewman number one, um, you know, Mr. Go along to get along. Who are we talking about here? Um, the guy that Ryan convinces to, yeah, you know, and he's all like, yeah, no, those are good reasons. You're right. Um, the, and oh, the maintenance oh, guy, yeah. yeah, that guy. Uh, surely he's, he's got yeah. a name. 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't uh, think I don't think the episode ever gave him a name. I don't think right, we ever had yeah. a Yeah. Well, we had, you know, so some somebody out there knows this, you know, somebody loves that guy. Uh, he has a mother. <laughs> Uh, and we should just acknowledge that, you know, he was just there to do his job. You know, uh, he was probably born on that ship. He really didn't have a whole lot of uh, choice or, or anything in, in how he was um, laid out to, you know, his destiny was laid before him before he even had a, a, a you know, a say in it at all. So, you know, um, <clears throat> but, you know, just acknowledge that guy. So, somebody loves him. He's a good dude. He is a good dude, and yeah. uh, he, he definitely seemed like uh, he was attempting to be the voice of reason in Ryan's ear. He's like, hey, is this really the best thing? And even when they're on the bridge, uh, if it's a bridge, I, I'm assuming it's called the bridge on the freighter, and they're attacking this um, port or, or station or harbour with the Norsecan ships, he's going, this is a mistake. This is not the right thing to do. We right. are woefully outgunned. And if a load of Norsecans get on the ship, that's it, man. Game not, over. They're not going to be happy with us. So you know, um, I guess from a storyline, storytelling perspective, he didn't need a name. However, to the actor who played him, uh, I'm not going to bring up the uh, the memory after article. Um, but shout out to you because uh, you <laughs> attempted to do the right thing. And uh, on Tanagra, we like people that try and do the right thing for sure. Um, but but yeah, no, it's um, I feel that this episode I was a little quick to dismiss. And, you know, I feel like it's something that I want to do. You know, sometimes sometimes I'm always in the mood to watch Star Trek, but mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. in, I'm in the mood to watch specific Star Trek. I'm sure we've all experienced that. And uh, for the two times earlier on in the week when, when, I, when I was watching this, I just wasn't in the mood. The first time I watched it, I was on my phone for half the time, probably talking to you on Twitter, Dan. The second time, <laughs> you and I were just vibing and chilling together, and we were just like, yeah, we're, we're, That's yeah, good stuff. we're just, just going to you know, fuck around. But the, but the third time... You know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this a go because I, I need to make some notes. I want to have some stuff to talk about. And I was like, there is interesting things in this. And th I mean, it, it kind of begs the question, then there's interesting stuff in everything, in every right. episode of Star Trek, right? With, oh, with, the, exception of Code of, with the exception of Code of Honor. Um, but it's, um, it's, <laughs> but it's, it doesn't stop the fact, it doesn't change the fact that there are some, some missed opportunities i will say i mean like you know repeating myself here is that yes it's filler as you said but there is some interesting stuff in it it's just a shame that we didn't get more of these episodes because and i've said this before is the early enterprise should have all it should have been about mistakes difficulty um perseverance danger crudeness these should have all been, you know, recurring themes. We should have run into more freighters. And and I know that you don't want to overcook it because, you know, at the time on UPN, they wanted sexy aliens and space battles and all that shit. But really, the realistic, you know, future, well, the realistic first steps into space would have been very mundane. You know, laying communication amplifiers, uh, liaising with freighter captains, making sure that they're adhering to code of conduct. Because what they could have done is they could have found out that there's this giant freighter conspiracy. Well, not maybe a conspiracy, but there's there's 50 freighters and they're all just doing whatever the fuck they want. And maybe some of those freighters are actually pirating themselves. So a lot of opportunities to have told more freighter stories. You could have developed 
developed Mayweather's character, he could essentially become like a, a liaison between, you know, the shiny NX and the freighters. And you could have even had some sort of arc later on in the show where there's perhaps a, a freighter union rebellion or something like that. And perhaps maybe borrowing a little bit from um, Battlestar Galactica because you had Galen Tyrrell who essentially formed a union and kind of started to champion workers rights you could have had Mayweather do something very very similar where he kind of jumps over to become union president and there's a giant conflict of interest so a lot of you know things that could have been sown in this episode they weren't that doesn't you know it's disappointing but as we know seasons one and two of enterprise were lots and lots and lots of missed opportunities here i'm not you know i'm not going to keep going on about it um you know what i would have done now um but but yeah i mean i it wasn't a total waste of time maybe watching it three times this week was was a bit of overkill though <laughs> that's true that's okay though uh because i i track what you're saying um and and to the point you know it, it where we do uh we are going out you know in these uh expansions um and we are dropping these buoys and that that parallels very closely to the expansion of the railroad into the west um yeah. where they also uh laid the uh telegraph lines uh you know they built those two things alongside each other because you know might as well uh but it laid the foundation not only for travel but for communication uh and that's exactly what what enterprise is out there to do and you know reconsidering it along the way here with you um you know they did try to do some good things and, and you know to note something about the fortunate herself uh i liked her uh her, the nacelles um they weren't ample uh, or anything like that but um you know they were a nice uh, uh call back to the phoenix i thought they had a very phoenix vibe uh and also a very uh 1701 vibe from the original series with the end caps uh on the nacelles themselves and um, that same kind of uh look um and so i really did appreciate that uh, and it gave it that prequel feel too because you know that's that, that we we can uh tie back to that design um but yeah this this uh it this came along to uh, is a filler episode. I wouldn't include it in a. If somebody said, "Hey, you know, I wanna, I wanna get the, I wanna get the nuts uh, and bolts of Enterprise. Uh, what should I? What episodes do I need to watch?" This isn't one of those. But this is a. Hey, I wanna get a, I wanna get a vibe for Enterprise. You put this in mm. there. Um, you know, uh, if someone's not gonna go do a complete rewatch, but they wanna kind of, um, they wanna kind of pad the runtime, as it were. You can put this in a padded runtime uh, Enterprise watch, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, it's not essential. Um, however, if you're looking for something that uh, threatens, <laughs> threatens to reveal a, a very rich world, and if and perhaps if you were um, writing a book set in the Enterprise um, part of the Star Trek timeline, this would be a great kind of jumping off point for you to kind of say, all right, so there's a lot of ideas here. There's a lot of things, a lot of themes for expansion. Uh, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a good uh, it'd be a good episode to jump on. Um, I, I felt like the episode from a from a viewing perspective, if you if you were to watch this out of sequence, you can watch it out of sequence. It's totally fine. Um, it's it's not the most exciting episode. It, it didn't really you know rock my socks or anything like that. But it was it was a passable you know forty five minutes of enterprise. Uh, by no means uh, the worst episode of the bunch that we've watched so far. 
and uh, yeah, it's it's very much very much a middle of the road episode. And uh, you know, will, will I watch it again? Yes, but probably not for a, for a while. Um, Dan, Dan, with with our episode ranking, with our episode rating, uh, uh, yes. where we both where we both give it four point five. Well, we give it marks out of four point five. Uh, Dan, why do we do this again? Uh, because you know, while the Enterprise is rated as as Trip, who is very proud of his engine, he he calls it out again uh, in this episode as the only warp five engine in the fleet. Um, <laughs> you know, and and you, I would be proud of this engine too, uh, or as you know, as we all know it to be the uh, subspace displacement manifold. Uh, but yeah, it's rated at warp five, but it tops out at warp four point five. Uh, so we have to hold ourselves to you know the confines of, of the universe which which we're in. Um, can you know continuity and canon dictate that that four point five is our top end? So um, this is not a maximum warp speed uh, episode. Um, this is a solid three point eight warp three point eight. I think it's I think it's uh, you know it's definitely middle, uh, but it's high end middle. Um, and like I said, it's not a crucial uh, watch, but it is. Uh, it's you know it's it you put a little extra uh, padding on your warm blanket with this episode you can throw it in like you said anywhere though uh, so that you know that just kind of ties to its inconsequentiality there you go <laughs> there we go so I mean I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now we're gonna have to round it up or down either to four or to three point five so where are you gonna place this well I'm then I'm gonna have to take it down then I'm gonna go three point five yeah. 3.5 yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm probably i'm probably going to be a little harder on this episode i'm the one that kind of came on and, and said that i think it's probably worth a little bit more of our time than than i was before um you know the probably the benefit of watching it three times as i know you have as well um uh, however i'm still going to say lots of missed opportunities um not an offensive hour of television however still um like i said very middle of the road i'm pro Probably gonna give this. I'm gonna give Fortunate Son. I'll be fairly generous. I'll meet you some way almost in the middle. I'm gonna give this three out of 4.5. So giving that a go. total of 7.5 out of 9, which isn't actually too bad. That's that's right, no, very, you, very would you give it a three? Did you give it a three? Oh, no, no, I gave, it a... I gave it three. So it's a, my yeah, math is actually and shit. And so it's six yeah. and a half out of nine. So lands right in the middle. Yeah, there we yeah, go. So, yeah, so that's yeah. that's what we thought of Fortunate Son. Uh, but they're just our opinions. What did you think of this Enterprise episode? Please get in touch. Connect with us on Twitter uh, at two to Tanagra. You can follow us there on Twitter. You can also follow us individually if you don't do so already. Dan, where can the good people find you, sir? Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Dan Decker, D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R. And uh, also, um, you can just follow me along there. Uh, That's where I uh, post all of my Star Trek-related stuff. Uh, So keep the conversation coming. Um, uh, It's really great. Uh, I've connected with so many people, um, and it's wonderful visiting with you all every day uh there and um you know come come see us over here on tanagra as well michael where are you friend i am 
findable, findable, I don't know if that's a word, uh, but you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TrekLad. Uh, I will also say as well, if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to Tuta Tanagra on the platform that you're listening to this on. We are currently working on getting the podcast on the Apple Podcast Network. It's actually proving to be a little bit more difficult than I expected. Do apologise there. But hopefully one day before Matthew Ryan and his crew are picking fights with Nausicaans, our podcast Tutor Tanagra will be available on Apple Podcasts. So once that's out we will let you know for sure um, before we do go we would just like to say that if you are struggling with anything right now and you need someone to talk to both myself and Dan our DMs are always going to be open and the Star Trek fan community on Twitter will always have your back so if you're feeling low for any particular reason and you need to reach out please consider doing so take care of yourself and until next time from me Michael aka the Trek Lad and myself, Dan the Commodore Decker. Let's see if we can try and do this together. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Ah, no. Right. Three, two, one. Live long. Live long and prosper. And we will never get that right. I love We're it, not, though. I love it's it. It's beautiful. Bye, everyone. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>